here we are again, and the further we get into the false discography, it becomes apparent there's less and less to say. The periods between Fall albums passed peaceably, with solid amounts of live dates which were lapped up by the faithful, while being by the full standards of old, maybe a little uneventful. While earlier albums might have been preceded with music press tales of bust-ups, slaggings and sack-ins, 2015 sublingual taglet, number 30, arrives again bereft of any such fractures. So settled is the full lineup these days that they are practically the Brady Bunch, though admittedly with less smiles and polyester flares and a lot more smoking. After the less than stellarly received remit, Fall fans might have been forgiven for hankering back to the chaos of earlier years, perhaps wishing for an onstage punch or two, the recruitment of a bunch of no-hopers and something new. Were the Fall in danger of becoming the very thing they had never been before? A bit predictable? Well, yes, a bit, and no. The press reviews for the album were largely positive, garnering a whole three stars in The Guardian despite some grumbling about 4 by numbers tracks, calling it the best Fall album since Fall Heads Roll. Praise indeed, but the proof is in the listening. Though the album's no great departure from the previous couple of albums, it's a fantastically solid album and gives us two tracks which can stand shoulder to shoulder with any classic Fall tracks. Dedication Not Medication is the first of these. It has a sonic dimension missing from the rest of the album, in no small part, possibly thanks to it being produced by Ursat's GB producer and former Fall member Simon Archer again. He brings deep discordant textures from Palou's keyboards or over a driving beat, and, don't all faint at once, actually gets some treble and rattle from Dave Spurs' bass. Over this, Smith berates Pierce Brosnan for his overseas adverts for a tablet whose side effects include incontinence. Sounds great, eh? And it is. It's bloody ace. The second is Autochip 2014-2016, to 10 minutes that feels like three, a crowning moment of this lineup's tenure. Greenway's hypnotic guitar riff underpins the entire thing as smithing tones about if the annotate full website is to be believed, auto-tuning on recordings, or maybe people being glued to cracked phone screens, or maybe some futuristic in-body drug delivery mechanism. Or all three. I must confess, I usually have little clue what Smith is on about. In fact, it's one of the things I've loved most about The Fall over the four decades. His obscure, obtuse and often indecipherable lyrics and vocal delivery leave me mystified, and that's exactly how I like it. Talking of Smith's vocal delivery, it's noticeably reined in on most of this album. Softer. The phlegmy growls and gurgles and affected high pitch are largely gone, and he almost sounds like the Smith of ten years ago, but he does let rip on a few tracks. The band's half cover of the Stooges' Cock in My Pocket with new lyrics, Stout Man, is as hilarious as it is rocking. As Smith rages, I'm a big fat man pushing a little pram, even the dourest of fans would break into a smile. He's on equally shouty form on Fiberbook Troll, and as he entreats his younger charges in the band to put their bloody phones away on Quit iPhone. I remember finishing my third play of this album on the day of its release and thinking to myself that it was great. 40 years and 30 albums and Smith was still turning out music that was interesting, mesmerising, puzzling, impenetrable, enjoyable. And let's not beat around the bush, still better than every other fucking band in the world. If this is what having a stable 4 lineup means, that's just fine with me. Strap yourself in, the full sublingual tablet, enjoy. Welcome back. Here we are, a little over the years since the release of Sublingual Tablet, and you remember how I said this lineup was so stable it could go on forever? Famous last words. In the intervening year, Fall fans, well this Fall fan at least, were left reeling by the news that Mark's wife and keyboard player, Eleni, was no longer in the band. 
Did she jump ship? Was she pushed? Maybe a bit of both, but within a short time they were divorced and that was that. The longest serving and most stable lineup in the Falls history was over. I have to say, I was more than disappointed. In fact, I was proper narked. I'd always felt that Eleni's keyboards were such an important part of the fall and that somehow she was the linchpin of keeping the band together. I greeted the prospect of a new album when announced with a curl of the lip. It was going to be crap without Eleni, I was sure. Always different? Always the same? Yeah right, well this time it won't be. I'd always greeted changes to the band with an open mind, always keen to see what would come next, but even as I hit play from my first listen to the album, I was expecting it, almost willing it, to be rubbish. I played it once. Worst fall album ever. Rightly or wrongly, I felt Smith had screwed up something precious. I knew I'd return to it at some point and probably hail it as the best thing they've ever done, but for now, no. As it turned out, it'd be almost a year before I listened to the album for the second time, and then it wasn't just the 31st Fall album, it was the last Fall album. Marky e. Smith passed away in January 2018 at the age of 60 from terminal lung and kidney failure. We knew he was ill. Pictures and footage from the few gigs the band played in his final months saw him performing in a wheelchair, and he looked far from well. Yet, I believe to a man, we Fall fans thought he would be back. He was Marky e. Smith. He's indestructible. I remember learning of his death on the Mighty Fall Facebook group the day he died. I remember going downstairs and sitting on the sofa. My wife could clearly see some kind of distress on my face and asked me if I was okay. I can remember my exact words were, Marky e. Smith died today and I feel sad and bursting into tears. I'd cried when John Peel died. I'd shed some tears when Freddie Mercury passed, but this... Marky e. Smith had been the main soundtrack to my life. There was always going to be another Fall album. Now there wouldn't be. We'd never know what he was going to come up with next. I was honestly bereft. I've never experienced anything like it. In the Facebook group over the next few days, many fans posted that they were listening to their favourite albums and raising a glass in Mark's memory. Many others just couldn't bring themselves to listen to any Fall at all, and I was one of those. As the weeks went on, it began to feel like I'd never listen to them again. I just couldn't bring myself to. I'd posted as such and received an invitation to join the Temporary Fandoms group. Initially formed to listen to all the Fall albums some years previous, they were again going to do so in a few weeks. A few weeks later we began, and I'm very glad I joined in. Listening to all those albums again was a cathartic and uplifting experience, revisiting albums I'd not played in years, some I'd not heard more than a couple of times, and sharing our opinions and memories. Some three years later I'm still a member. I joined for the fall, but I stayed for the people, the music, the opinions and the laughs. We concluded with new facts emerge and it would be only my second play. By this time, my being irked by the former Mrs Smith's absence seemed unimportant. After 30 the latest new fall albums, this was the last latest new fall album. If I felt that Ursat's GB was Paloo's album, then this one was Pete Greenway's. He's all over this and for much of the album the fall rock it up like never before. Ever imagine the Foo Fighters with Marky e. Smith on vocals? I'm half joking, but on this, Spur, Melling and Greenway are in fine form, and Smith has never sounded more strident. Stuart Lee summed it up best, and I quote, Smith has shed the burden of being the clipped and articulate wordsmith-in-chief to become instead a kind of abstract presence, haunting his own work with growls and slurs and yammerings and hammerings that reaffirm rock and roll's primal power to bypass sense. Yeah, it's a bit suit corner, but he's damn right. Whether Smith knew this would be his final album, I can only guess. 
But if he did, he went out with a bang, not a whimper. You'll find no reflective look back bore here. The final 8 minute track, 9 out of 10, closes with some 5 minutes of Greenway's solitary guitar, which does give a feeling of Marky e. Smith has left the building. But I prefer to look at this album not as the final fall album, but the one before the next one we're all still waiting for. On this form, the fall could and should have gone on forever. We were fucking robbed. Thanks, cancer. If we have to take new facts emerge as some kind of unintended final testament, Smith and the Fall left us with an album that most of the world would still shrink from and that even many of their ardent fans would dislike. We, and I suspect Marquis Smith himself, wouldn't have it any other way. I'll leave you with the words of John Peel, without whom, etc., who said, I know it all sounds a bit pathetic, especially for a man of my age, but I will love everything they ever do and that's all there is to it. John never got to hear the last 14 years of The Fall, but he would have loved it. They never let him, or us, or themselves down. Always different, always the same. The Fall, new facts emerge, for the final time, enjoy. <laughs>